I've got, let me start, let me start out with this. I was praying, I don't think, I think it was week four last, and I kept seeing this right here, this chair. Uh, every time you see that chair, in fact, in fact, um, every Sunday I preach this year, I'm going to have this chair right here. This is Jesus' chair. He's, he's our special guest every Sunday. And he's going to sit here and monitor what I say and how you're listening. And he's going to minister life to you. Are you excited about that? David Yonggi Cho, who went to be with Jesus this past year, 2021, 20, uh, Marilyn Hickey was at the church I attended in Tulsa. And she mentioned she went, and I've heard said this before, she went to his church and she was on the stage and went over to whisper something to him and said, he said, he wouldn't let her talk. And then she noticed nobody was talking in the whole church, thousands of people. He had a church of uh, hundreds of thousands of people at the very end there. He said, nobody would, they get to church and all those wonderful people. Is it Korea? Was he in Korea? South Korea, yeah. And uh, nobody was talking. Everybody's quiet. He said, we have trained our people when they come into this building to reverence the presence of God. We lack reverence for the presence of God in America. How many hear me? But it's coming back. And just let that chair be a reminder that Jesus is present. You know, I, you don't know how I pray, but before our, uh, uh, we have services every time, Sorry, the presence of God is on me. I weep when it comes. I asked Jesus personally. Now, you can't see him and you don't need to. I asked him personally when we have services to walk the aisles. And I asked him to minister to you. I asked him to touch your heart, your mind your body. He's in the room today. Can you sense him? He's where we are, where two and three are gathered together. Did he say I'm here? Angels of God assist ministry. I don't know how they do what they do. The Bible's not very clear and it doesn't need to be. People are quite uh, crazy about some of these things. But there are invisible hosts from heaven that help us do what we do. And we don't take advantage of them very much. How many hear me? But they're here, and I ask God for them to be here. So you're in a place right now, <clears throat> if you're in the building, <clears throat> you're in a place where the Holy Spirit can minister to you, where the angels of God, I don't know how they do what they do, but they'll minister to you, and Jesus himself will minister to you. Excited about that? If you're online, you'll have a, you'll have a, a part of ministry, but the whole ministry need, needs to be together in the building. That, way, that was such a rousing amen. Let me say it again. See, we've become accustomed to things that are easy. And we're going into a place that will be hard. God wants to temper us and prepare us. How many hear me? Today, I want to talk about a Daniel fast. How many are excited about the Daniel fast? One, two, three, four, five, I'm joking. Nobody's excited about not eating what you want to. How many just, I won't ask you, how many ate... Uh, ate strongly during Christmas holidays. 
How many enjoyed your food over the Christmas holidays? Yeah. So uh, we've been talking about this for the last month. We're starting a Daniel fast today. We'll talk about what that is in just a minute. But we're going to be meeting Monday through Friday this coming week. And for the next three weeks, the Daniel fast is 21 days. We'll get into it in a minute. And I'll get into the meat of what I want to talk about in just a second. But let me say this, that I want to encourage you to come at night. I'm going to be here whether you're here or not. I'm here because I'm committed. I'm going to do this. Monday through Friday from 7 to 8, we'll meet. We're going to have worship, a little bit of word. I want to talk to you about your spiritual life. I want to talk to you about your prayer life. God's helped me develop my prayer life, and it's still developing, but I want to talk to you about how to, how to pray successfully, how to pray with authority, how to pray with passion, how to pray with faith, and, and get answers to your prayers. We'll go into that in some detail, and uh, I'm expecting God to lead me as I share just a few minutes every night from 7 to 8, and then we'll end praying. Is that good? And we'll pray heaven and earth together each night from 7 to 8, Monday through Friday. We won't do it on Saturday night. We won't do it on Sunday nights. Will he be here on Sunday mornings? We won't have our normal Saturday morning prayer because we're praying Monday through Friday, okay? Is that okay? So uh, anyway, we're going to have a great time. And we encourage you to be involved in some way, in some form with our Daniel fast. How many know we want to start this year strong spiritually, yes or no? So Father, take the word of God, minister life to us. And Lord, let the presence of God, Lord, let it incubate inside of us today and let it prepare us for what is ahead of us in 2022 in Jesus' name. We are entering a period uh, just before Christ's return. How many believe that? Now, they've been saying that all of my life and I came to Jesus in 1976 as an 18-year-old boy. Now, you can do the math. Let me do the math for you. I'm 63. So uh, anyway, it seems like we really are entering into an unusual period of time. It's a challenging period. What, what would the period be like before Jesus comes back? Well, it's going to be a challenging period. Jesus is not coming as a lamb, as a sacrifice as he did first time. He's coming as a lion. A lion demands attention. A lion rules in his domain. Jesus is coming back to cleanse the earth of rebellion and contamination. How many hear what I just said? He's coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's coming to, uh, to uh, rid the earth of all rebellion. And so we're coming to the very end. This is an unusual time, and we all feel it. Don't you feel like it's kind of a strange time in your life? I don't care what age you are. Some of us are young. Some of us are much older. Some of us are middle-aged. If you're my age, you have to say, I've never seen a time like this on, on planet Earth. If you're younger, you're thinking, what in the world's going on? And what does my future look like, right? Well, it looks like Jesus coming back. So I want to encourage you to get ready for it. We are coming to the end of the church age. So we're leaving one age and coming into another age. One of the uh, basic foundations of the doctrine of Christ in Hebrews chapter 6 is eternal judgments. Most pastors, most churches don't talk about it like it needs to be talked about today. As I read through the epistles, the letters written to the church in the New Testament, I notice that the apostle Paul, Peter, uh, would frequently mention to their listeners the fact that Jesus is coming back and that the day of the Lord is coming and that judgment is imminent on those that don't know God. And as you go through 
the letters written to the churches, that is Romans through Jude, it's apparent that, they, that the listeners had heard that from the apostle Paul. As he traveled, he would also, he, he would frequently mention as he wrote letters to the churches that were established in various places, he would often say, don't you remember that I told you about these things when I was with you? So it was part of the dialogue and it was part of the ministry in the, in the early church and it needs to be a part of ministry in the church in our day. How many hear me? And we need to talk about Jesus coming back. He is coming back. And when he comes back, see, it's the end of the age of grace and it's the beginning of the age of judgment. So we're in an in-between time right now. How many hear me? We're in between grace and judgment and it's a strange time of uh, challenges. It's a strange time of changes. Uh, it's, it's a strange time of, um, I don't know what else to call it other than challenge and judgment. And so we need to be prepared and ready for that. And God gave me that word this morning, contrast. So this is a time to make sure you're fully committed to Jesus. And if you're listening to me online, it's either today or sometime in the future, or you're in the room here and you're not sure that you're fully committed to Jesus, now's the time to fully commit yourself to him. I got three, how about the rest? There's a huge conflict today between Satan's kingdom, the kingdom of God, and that conflict is because Satan, for uh, Revelation chapter 12 reveals, Satan knows he has a short time, so he's coming down in great wrath. So he's stirring things up, and a lot of things are seeking to change. There is a spirit of Antichrist here, and we'll talk about that more maybe in just a minute and in the ensuing weeks. But there's an extreme conflict, and we're noticing the conflict of the ages right now. There's social conflict. How many know even in the grocery store line, people get aggravated, agitated? Or maybe you've been buying gifts. Somebody say, well, let me see your manager. People just frustrated, aggravated at each other. Uh, in their phone conversations on social media, people are aggravated. There's social conflict, social agitation. Nations are in conflict with, with uh, each other. Jesus said these things would happen in uh, Matthew 24. There are cultural conflicts all over the world and uh, so many challenges. I don't have time to talk about them today. There are political conflicts. Oh, my goodness. And Jesus has given us one standard as believers, and that is how many know walk in love? In fact, message paraphrase always grabs me, and I thought about it this morning. I added it to my notes. For many others, Matthew 24, 12, message paraphrase. For many others, the overwhelming spread of evil will do them in. Nothing left of their love but a mound of ashes. Now, what does that tell you? There's conflict. There's challenge. There's disagreements. There's upheaval. And that's the day we're living in. Uh, my goal in life as a pastor and I've said this hundreds of times, maybe thousands over the years, and I say it to my staff team. Uh, my goal as a pastor is to, have, is to have a teddy bear heart when I get old and go to be with Jesus. I don't know what old is yet, but I'm not there yet. But I have a teddy bear heart and alligator hide. If you've got alligator hide, nothing's going to bother you. Just let it kind of float, float, float away, flick off. It hits you and just goes. It doesn't come inside. It, it, you deflect it. How many get it? You got to be willing to deflect things these days. So it's people going to be motivated by all, all kind of things other than the Holy Spirit. And when they do, they will attack you and say things they shouldn't say. Yes or no? Maybe over the Christmas holidays, you said some things you shouldn't say and attacked others. Well, recognize there was something else working in you other than the Holy Spirit. How about it? How about the flesh? 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, anyway, what a day. Uh, there is a spiritual conflict today, and this is, and, and so let me go here. Uh, Ephesians 6.10 is familiar. New Living Translation says it this way, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, let me just talk to you a minute about Satan's schemes. He will seek to create division. Anything in your head that comes that pits you against another believer, pits you against me as your pastor or any other person on our staff team or our volunteers that help us, our dream team, anything that makes you think less than them as being wonderful people is demonic. Let me go further and say that any gossip, wrong words, ill words towards anybody That's not motivated by the Holy Spirit. It's motivated by the God of this age, the devil. And you do well to to, to, to resist all of that. Demon spirits seek to create conflict in families. If you've had conflict between husband and wife, you'll notice an increase in some of that in 2022 if you uh, leave an opening in your life for it. So if you're a self-centered person, if you don't forgive easily, If you take offense easily, the devil's going to eat your breakfast, your lunch, and your dinner. And you're going to have a hard time this year. How many hear me? I've just given you a fair warning uh, because uh, these demon forces, it seems like they're coming out full blast. Uh, If you're a sensual person and uh, if if you got one foot halfway in the world, you better look out. It could suck you right in this year. Demon spirits. Whatever you used to be, you could be again. How many know that? That's right. James 1, I, don't need, I see that's another sermon in and of itself. Romans 6, James 1, I've got a message on that. What you used to be, that's what the enemy uses. Whatever your flesh enjoyed, whatever you gave your mind to, whatever you gave your emotions to in your past life, you get away from God and you quit nurturing the life on the inside, the life on the outside will come back full bloom if you let it. I've noticed people falling back into sin falling back into things that they were delivered from. See, that's the God of this age. That's the enemy that Satan is seeking to have his day. That's these, uh, these evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, mighty powers of this dark world, and evil spirits in the heavenly places seeking to make an inroad. So for me, I have one passion, and that is Jesus, and one goal is to walk with him. I, I'm gonna love him with all my heart, soul, mind, strength, and then my other, other goal that Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right? Anyway, I could go into that in all kinds of ways. That's why I hesitated. So what better way to counteract these spiritual forces than with spiritual, with spiritual things, spiritual resources? God has, how many know God's given us a measure of authority? Are you using the authority that God gave you as a believer, that Jesus gave you as a believer? We'll talk about that more later. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said right when he was risen, just before he went to the ascension, he had appeared to his disciples for 40 days. And, uh, and then uh, ascended to heaven. And just before he ascended, he said, all authority is given unto me both in heaven and in earth. But he didn't keep it. He said, go 
And he gave that authority to us, the church. Most believers don't understand, much less use the authority that Jesus has given them. Yes or no? This is a year to use the authority that Jesus gave you. Not in a braggadocious, not in a prideful way, but humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God and speaking when the Holy Spirit gives us unction. I uh, got a little story. In fact, uh, in fact, listen to this, Matthew 18. This is New Living Translation, Matthew 18, 18. I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And I tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you, for where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. Isn't that awesome? So you get together with somebody else to pray, Jesus is there. You get together in services like this, Jesus is there. When, when you get together in, in small groups, how many know if you're, if you're doing the things of God, Jesus is there? Yes or no? Wow, I love it. So notice, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I think we got a lot of catching up to do in America. We as believers have permitted things that should not be in our culture. And we can't blame, well, the devil. No, no, we blame us. If we're praying, seeking, walking, acting, and living like Jesus wants us to, these things will begin to be affected and there'll be a big pushback. How many hear me? You have authority that you little realize, and I, don't, I can only go just a small uh, just a small amount into this. So let me just give you an example. We've been building this building for almost four years. February will be four years we've been believing God to build this building over here and refurbish our campus. And, you know, we fought tooth and nail, so to speak, just to get permits and such and finally got our building permit this last July. And uh, anyway, yada, yada. Uh, last Monday, uh, so we had to put a new fire fire. We got a fire hydrant out front. We got a, another one that has to go all the way around a road we're building all the way around the building, we got to have another fire hydrant at the back. And so here we are, and before they can finish anything on the property with the parking lots, road and such, they had to put the new fire hydrant in. So I got a wonderful Christmas present from the person that's overseeing our construction. And, uh, and he said, well, uh, just want to let you know that um, uh, this, the county didn't tell us, but the city didn't tell us, but we've got to have a permit for the fire hydrant. Now, we had a building permit, and the fire hydrant changes under, so to speak, the building permit. And uh, <clears throat> so we thought <clears throat> we had everything we needed. <clears throat> and he called me and said, well, we can't put the fire hydrant in because we don't have a permit. I thought, I said, well, I thought we had the permit. He said, we thought we did too, but there's one little check mark, and he noticed when he filled in the application for the building permit, he said it also said they needed a, a permit for the, for the hydrant, and uh, they didn't issue that when they issued the building permit. And I said, so, and we'd already had the hole dug. We had a big hole. We had a big trench dug all the way from front, all the way to the back, and you know what it's gonna do? It's raining like crazy right now. So he said, they just put a stop on all, the, on all the process of putting the fire hydrant in. I said, you're kidding. He said, no. And so I said, how long is it going to take? And here's what he said. It could take days. It could take weeks or months. Now, you know, let me just say mildly that made me mad. So I got in my little red truck and I came out here Monday a week ago. And that um, no, was Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. And went to the back, got mud all over my truck. It was just aggravating to me. 
and uh, <clears throat> stood right there at the fire hydrant. Now, I'm talking about authority. And I looked down in the hole, you know, because I'd already put the hydrant in. I already put the big pipe in. It's probably an eight-inch pipe, big old pipe. And there it is. I'm looking there. I'm looking at all the trench that's open, and I know rain's coming this weekend, you know. So I'm looking at that. And here's what I did. I said, Father, now you've given me authority, and I have the unction of the Holy Ghost to do this. So I bind every demonic force in the name of Jesus that would hinder the process of this fire hydrant being uh, finished and this hole being covered up. I bind you and every foul devil seeking to hinder the building process here at Victory Church. I bind you in Jesus' name. Take your hands off this process now. And then I said, Lord, so he said, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then I said, secondly, Lord, I ask for the angels of God to go to whoever in the city is uh, overseeing the process of giving us the permit for the fire hydrant and speak to them and give us favor with them and cause it to come to pass. It won't take weeks, months, or even days, but quickly we will have that permit in Jesus' name. The next morning, we got an email from, listen, really happened. Got an email from the construction supervisor and he said, well, they just approved the fire hydrant and, and they're coming out today to cover up the hole. I said, thank, thank you, Jesus. You know, now that's a small thing, but let me just say when the enemy attacks your physical body, you need to take authority. When the enemy take, attacks your finances, you need to take authority. When the enemy attacks your home, your marriage, your children, your stuff, you need to take authority. You have authority and more authority than you ever know. And this is a year to exercise spiritual authority. And this is a year to walk in the authority that Jesus gave you. If you don't, the enemy is going to run over you. Depression, oppression, fear. A lot of people are dealing with those things because they're just folding their hands, sitting, doing nothing. And if you sit and do nothing this year, the enemy will run over you. I don't know who it is. Somebody's laughing at what I'm saying. I think you're online. Well, you know what? You'll find out. You'll find out how wise it is to mock God. The very person you're mocking, you need his help and you're his aid. In fact, he's speaking to you. He begins speaking to you at age three because your family knows the Lord and you've walked away from the things that God has revealed to you in your youth. And here you are. Now you think you know everything. But God is going to lead you into a process to show you that you actually know nothing. Without him, you can do nothing. Mark my words, my friend. The love of God is pulling you towards him. And for you, he's going to pull you through some things that will reveal to you how bankrupt you are without the presence of Jesus in your life. So Father, I pray for this person, whoever it is that I'm talking to, that the presence of God would follow them. Like David, the psalmist said, all the days of their life. And Lord, may they come to the, to the day that they fall in repentance at the feet of Jesus. In Jesus' name. I, I don't know who you are, but I want you to know the love of God is reaching out to you. You can mock and slur and slander. That doesn't keep God from loving you. Isn't that good news? Wow. 
Anyway, Isaiah mentioned the strong extremes that we're living in today. Isaiah 60, verse 1, Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, kings to the brightness of your rising. Huge contrast this year. How many hear me? And so we are to walk with God, walk in the light, and the best way to prepare for 2022 is to prepare spiritually. Put first things first. Put spiritual things first. Again, back in the 80s, I was working in a large church in Tulsa. I've told this story many times. And while I was working that day, I was a janitor in a large church after I'd finished Bible school. I was meditating on Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. God's word translation says, be first, but first, be concerned about his kingdom and what he has and what has his approval. Then all these things will be provided for you. And God led me and dealt with me very seriously as a young man in my early 20s to devote the first portion of every day of my life to God's kingdom and his purposes for me. Spend time in the word, spend time praying. I had to change my lifestyle. I had to change my habits. I had to start getting up earlier. It was an incremental process. I used to get up 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, ended up getting up uh, two plus hours earlier than I normally did and spending that time with the Lord. And I've done that most all of my adult life now. And y'all, it has paid rich dividends. It is the best thing that I've ever done. When you seek first the kingdom of God, how many know great things happen? How many hear me? If you don't seek first the kingdom, tough things can happen. And during that time, God spoke to me and I would often do my work and I would meditate on scripture and keep scripture in my mind while I was working. And one day, uh, the scripture of the day for me that day was Acts 1.8, but you shall receive Power, everybody say power. I want to come back to that word. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be witnesses to me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth of Jesus. And this is just before he ascended to heaven, after he was risen from the dead. And then I came back and I kept coming back to this word power. I looked this word power up in my Greek dictionary. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I do know how to read after others. So I read a lot of books and, you know, a lot of commentaries and this and that. But the word power just keep, kept coming to me as I was thinking on that, on that verse. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And I knew that. And I looked it up in my Greek lexicon that the word power is the Greek word dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. And dunamis, uh, and I'm not even going to, I don't have time to get into all that I've got in my notes. My notes are online. You can go to Victory Church Raleigh and find my notes. There's a lot there I won't be mentioning today. Nonetheless, um, dunamis, there was one dictionary and they changed um, the definition over the years for some reason. But in the early 80s, when I looked up dunamis, here's what it said, inherent power, capable of reproducing itself like a dynamo. That was the definition for dunamis. And you know, we get three English words from the Greek word dunamis, dynamic, dynamite, dynamo. Now, now and, and then, so I was minding my business and I was meditating on Acts 1-8 as a young man. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Mitch, I heard it inside. It kept coming up. Just like the word contrasts earlier kept rising up inside me. Um, you have a dynamo inside you. I said, huh? He said, you got a dynamo inside you, let it loose. Huh? You have a dynamo inside you, let it loose. Huh? 
And he just kept saying it. And I said, what in the world? So I had to go back and look up what a dynamo was. Well, the principle of the dynamo uh, found out in the uh, in, uh, late 1800s was, was, a, was a, a principle of electricity that was founded by, by a man. I believe he was a German man. He's got a big, long name. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Nonetheless, he, he founded the principle of the dynamo, which is basically a, an electric a, a motor that turns, and it takes energy source and turns it into a direct current. Now they don't use the principle of the dynamo like they used to. Things are different today because technology has changed. But in the early uh, stages of electricity, for instance, the principle of the dynamo was in force. A dynamo to work has to have an energy source. So it could be carbon fuels. It could be, uh, you know, uh, coal. It could be oil. It could be gas. It could be hydroelectric fuel. And now it could be nuclear but it has to have an energy source. And God kept saying to me, Mitch, you have, a, you have a dynamo inside of you. You've got inherent power inside of you, capable of reproducing itself and giving you enough energy to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil, all of the enemies of your life as a believer. I said, really? He said, yeah, get after it. And that's when he was speaking to me to spend my first part of my day with the Lord. I little understood when I was in my early 20s what God was saying to me. But now that I'm in my early 60s, I see it clearly. I would have not have been able to win many of the battles that, uh, that I faced in life as a, as a human, as a man, as a believer, as a father, as a husband, or as a pastor, unless I had allowed that dynamo to be loose inside me. And the whole key to that was spending time with Jesus. How many hear what I just said? So this word dynamo really, really spoke to me. And uh, that is where we are today. You need to make sure in 2022, there's enough spiritual power in your life to overcome the things that are ahead of you and the things that you're facing and the challenges that you face in life. There are going to be people that are not gonna make it this year because they refuse to turn the dynamo on. The dynamo, the dunamis. You got to learn, learn to live from the inside out. And that power is not going to work from the inside out until we allow the source of power to come in. It's the word, spending time in the word, spending time praying. How many hear me? That's the reason that we're starting with a Daniel fast this year, living from the inside out, a Daniel fast. So let me talk a little bit about the Daniel fast. Are y'all with me? Y'all just listening intently, right? So just listen a little bit longer here because I want to go to Daniel chapter 10. Now we're going to, on purpose, God led me and dealt with me back in October, November this year. We haven't done this for a couple of years to, to start the year out three weeks with a Daniel fast. I'll talk about what it is. It's not completely fasting food, uh, but it is, it is denying yourself of some things you normally ingest so that you can spend time with the Lord and let the hunger remind you that you're hungrier for God than anything else in this human life. How many hear me? So let me explain the Daniel fast. It's a 21-day fast. It's three weeks. Here's what it is. We're embarking on it this morning, those that would like, and I encourage you to in some form, in some way, Walk with us and enter into this with your life. Daniel 10, 1 and 2. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future times of war, great hardship. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been mourning in mourning for three whole weeks. Mourning means fasting, a limited fast. It wasn't a total fast. 
Verse 3 is very clear. At that time, I had eaten no rich food. Everybody say rich food. Uh, Like ice cream, like pie, like cookies, like cake, like pasta, like breads, uh, like meats. Yeah, rich food. Uh, No meat or wine crossed my lips. I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks has passed. Use your deodorant and put some cologne or... I think that's a good idea. On April 23rd, verse 4, I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River. I looked up and saw, I think God will be okay if you do that. I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. He saw into the realm of the spirit, discerning of spirits manifest in Daniel's life. He was older. He was an older man when this happened. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning. His eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze. And his voice roared like the vast multitude of people. This wasn't a human he saw. He saw into the realm of the spirit that is just as real as the natural realm that we can see. And he saw, he saw an angelic being that had a message for him. And then verse 7, he says, only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all along to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Now, he fell under the power of God. Here's an angel that appeared to Daniel. He had been limitedly fasting, a Daniel fast, we'll talk about in a minute, for three weeks. He was seeking God about Israel. He had questions about uh, what was God was going to do with his nation. And he was uh, really intent about it to show his intenseness about it. He, uh, he stopped eating some things that he normally ate. And so again, this uh, being uh, appeared to him. He fell to the ground. Verse 10, just then a hand touched me and lifted me up still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man, that is the angel, said to him, Daniel, you're very precious to God. Did you know that you're very precious to God? Not just Daniel, all of us. So listen listen carefully what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up uh, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you begin to pray and understand and humble yourself before God. And your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer, but for 21 days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. I'll come back to that in a second. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, this is insightful what the angel said to Daniel. He said, from the first day you begin to ask God and, and ask him some questions about your nation, et cetera, et cetera. The, 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 the message was sent the first day. I came with the message. I came from the presence of God. I had it with me, but, the, but there was a spiritual battle that ensued. The demonic forces tried to keep me from getting to you, and I had to go get some extra help from some of the other angels in the tremendous armies of heaven, and it took us three weeks to break through. Guess what caused them to break through? Daniel's praying. Daniel's sincerity. A lot of people today, if I don't get your prayer answered in a day, you give up and say, God must not want me to have that. You need to hush and you need to seek God. Most of the things that God has done in my life that are worth anything, it took me a lot of time to get there. I've had healings. It took weeks and months to manifest. I've had other answers to prayer. It took years 
to manifest. This building we're in, it took years for the, for, for the prayer to manifest. This building that we're building, I've been, believe, I've been thinking about this thing for over 10 years. So you don't quit, you don't stop. Daniel for three weeks was praying and seeking and his praying and seeking caused the kingdom of heaven. It caused the kingdom of heaven to respond to him and it caused the answers to come that had been blocked by the kingdom of darkness. Most people think this way in America today, whatever will be, will be if God wills it it's going to happen did you know that not that's not necessarily true God's not willing that any should perish but all should come to repentance but some people die and go to hell why is that because there's a Godward side to every and a manward side to every battle and every conflict how many hear me God's done his part, but we've got to do our part. And y'all in America today, we have been losing ground for a long period of time. And the freedoms that we've enjoyed to live, to think, to be, to do, to worship God, and just to be our own person, those freedoms are rapidly evaporating in America. And America is so large, our economy is so large, and we have such stature in the world that as goes America, so goes the world. And it's been that way for decades. If you're young, you don't realize that, but if you're older, you see what's been happening. How many hear what I just said? Now, you know, I know you're not not responding a whole lot because you're listening, but you need to listen to what I'm saying. We are in a tremendous spiritual battle right now. And there is a tremendous move of the Spirit of God. And we're right on the edge of it. And the enemy's doing all that he can to divide so he can conquer, to hinder, and to keep what God wants uh, to happen from happening. And that's why we as the saints of God got to rise up and pray. Your family members aren't going to be saved unless you pray for them. People aren't going to be delivered unless you pray for them. People aren't going to be healed unless you pray for them. Things aren't, the will of God is not going to be accomplished in your life unless you seek God in prayer. And the day has come now that instead of your smarts, your education, your background, and all of your human things that make you something, those are not the things that are going to cause you to be successful in life today. Today, the thing that will cause you to be successful is your prayer life and your prayer life alone. Because the spiritual things and the spiritual battle is so strong right now that if you let down in prayer, you will lose the conflict. I mean, hear what I just said. That's the reason we're going on a Daniel fast for three weeks and we're going to seek God. I'm going to be here every night, Monday through Friday from seven to eight. And we're going to put spiritual things ahead. So here we are in the new year. What's ahead? None of us really knows. Are you ready for what's ahead? Well, we can make spiritual preparation. If you make spiritual preparation first, if we seek first the kingdom of God and his right living, then all these things will be added. We're going to make it. How many hear me? If you put dunamis first, if you let the life of God that's inside of you rise up by getting in the word and praying, I'll tell you what, you're going you're gonna to start ahead this year and not behind. And we're going to do see some tremendous things happen. How many hear what I said? 
So because of the increase in spiritual conflict, I just wrote this uh, last night before I went to bed. Because of the increase in spiritual conflict, because of the rise of the Antichrist spirit of lawlessness and deception. I'll talk more about that in the ensuing weeks. There's a tremendous spirit of deception worldwide and most believers are swallowing it hook, line, and sinker. Even pastors are yielding to it. See, that goes over big. There's a spirit of lawlessness. Anything goes. Laws mean nothing. Do what you want to do. How many hear me? The most important thing because of these things you'll do in your life this year is to develop your spiritual life and develop the power of God in your life. And you only do that with prayer and getting in the word. How many hear me? Learn to live from the inside out. How many hear me? Y'all listening? So here are, in fact, uh, Proverbs uh, 4.23 says, keep your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, one translation says, for out of it are the issues of life. So I want to encourage you to join me. Today is January 2nd. We'll be done January 23rd, the ensuing period in between, the period of time in between that. Uh, Go with me on this, quote, Daniel fast. Here are some practical tips about the Daniel fast as I conclude. Uh, We only eat what comes from the ground, no processed food, No sweets, no bread, no pasta, no meats. How many hear me? Uh, Yeah, I know. So here's an encouragement. Be practical with yourself. Ask yourself, on what level can I participate in this? If you have a highly physical job, you may need to find a way to eat some more protein. You know, I ride a bike on the Noose River Trail sometimes 20, 30 plus miles. And to do that, I've got to, have, I've got to have carbohydrates of some kind. I eat bananas and all, but uh, I've got to have a protein too. So, you know, when you're, if you're doing things like that, you may need to augment with some protein on occasion. And don't make this a law. And don't make it all about the kind of food you eat. Make it about seeking God. How many hear me? Some people get all caught up. Last time I did this, I lost a lot of weight. And I'll probably, you know, uh, have some parts of my waist that won't be here three weeks from now. But nonetheless... That's a, that's a byproduct, but not the, not the main goal, right? How many hear me? Use wisdom with it. Uh, if you're under a physician's care, you may want to consult your physician. Uh, ask yourself, what can I abstain from for the next three weeks? For me, I'm not going to have any bread. I'm not going to have pasta. Um, I'm not going to have sugar. I'm not going to eat. I love, you know, uh, the Horton family loves sweets. We had a whole boatload of them at Christmas time. But I'm going to go give them away today. They're not going to be in my house anymore. They're gone. Uh, uh, no dairy products, anything like that. And, uh, and no meats. And so, you know, uh, eat cruciferous, cruciferous vegetables, just vegetables. And, uh, you know, potatoes, sweet potatoes, anything that comes from the ground. You know, there's a whole list. We've got a whole list of things you can eat. They're in the back. We've got a list for you of Daniel uh, fast foods that you can eat that are good. And again, whatever you can do, do what you can do. Is that good? And, and say, why do you do that? Because it helps you focus your attention on the eternal, not just the now. Come on up here. How many hear what I'm saying? So I want to encourage you to go with us on that. Again, we have a guide. The guide will also be where my notes are on our website today. We'll have the... This is the food guide that is available on the round table in the foyer. If you're here, here's a hard copy. I've got one with me. I'm going to, I got to go to the grocery store today and buy what I'm going to eat. 
And uh, I'm not going to be eating eggs. I just looked at it. I won't be eating eggs on here. So anyway, all kinds of, everything's right here clearly, clearly listed. We also have a prayer guide of things that you can pray for every day. You know, let me encourage you. Prayer is not an easy thing to do. How many hear me? Prayer is effort. Paul talked about uh, uh, laboring, laboring in prayer for the believers in various cities he was in. Prayer is a hard thing sometimes because you're talking to somebody you can't see. You can't see their responses. You can't see, hear, or sometimes feel God. You got to do it by faith, and you got to learn how to how to be effective in prayer. I want to teach you how to do that. So when I talk uh, Monday through Friday, I'll be talking about how to be effective in prayer. I think you'll really enjoy it. Nonetheless, we have a prayer guide for all 21 days. Among other things you pray about, things that you can focus in on, this is available, hard copy, uh, on the round table in the foyer, also on the notes section on the website. Is that good? And then we're going uh, to get together. Uh, number one, so as I conclude, action points, decide ahead of time how you're going to participate. Choose right now what you're going to do and then follow through with it. Secondly, take extra time. If you're fasting, uh, Daniel fast or any other kind of fasting, the thing that makes it effective is not just missing some things you normally eat. It's taking the time that you would do that and seek God. So if you're taking a break at work, take your Bible with you, go somewhere by yourself, read a portion of Scripture and pray and, and uh, while you drink water or whatever you're drinking. And then uh, meet with us Monday and Friday, 7 to 8. We're going to be here, and uh, we're going to have worship. Joshua will be here leading worship. I'm going to share a word, and then we'll pray. We'll end pretty much promptly at 8 o'clock, and I think it'll be great. And then let me encourage you in this. Write down before you start your perceptions. What are you wanting God to do? What are you expecting this year? What do you need uh, God to do in your own personal life? And then keep a journal of what God is saying to you. I keep a journal when the Lord speaks to me. I'm writing contrast when I finish today. Uh, in my journal, I'm going to write the word contrast and what the Lord spoke to me about the word contrasts for the year 2022. I found when God speaks to you, they're, they're really accurate for you. How many hear me? So you want to keep a journal when God speaks to you because spiritual things, they will float away from you and you won't even remember them unless you write them down. How many hear me? Did y'all get something out of this?